If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And I see her pull into a 7-Eleven. Like, I'm at the stoplight, and I see oh, her pull no. in. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Marta Kaufman. <laughs> so I, like, pull into 7-Eleven. And at this point, I'm broke, like, have no money. But I was like, I need to talk. I need to, like, say something. And, like, I don't know, like, what I thought. I was about to, like, get on whatever new show she was on. And so I walk into 7-Eleven, and I'm just, like, eyeballing her. She's with her child, for the love of God. And I, I'm walking in, and I'm like, okay, let me just pretend to buy something and get in line behind her. <laughs> Brian, when I tell you, I didn't have money to pretend to buy something. So I just got in line behind her, and I go, are you Marta Kaufman? And she goes, I am. And I was like, Hi. And I left. <laughs> hey, I'm Angela Johnson Reyes. I'm an actress. I'm a comedian. I'm an author. I'm pregnant. I have chapped lips right now. I'm very thirsty. Okay, enough, enough, enough. And- <laughs> Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Off the Beat. I hope you're having a fantastic Tuesday, or whatever day you're listening to this. As always, I'm your host, Brian Baumgartner. Now, as you just heard today, we're bringing on, I'm very excited about this, my friend, hilarious comedian, Angela Johnson Reyes. Now, you may know her from her extensive comedy career, perhaps from her characters, Bon Cui Cui and the nail salon lady. That's right. Angela was behind one of the first ever videos to go viral on YouTube. Yeah, I know. 
it's hard to believe that there was a world before going viral was just a part of normal life. But look, as someone who was there, I can tell you there was. And to be one of the forefathers, if you will, of the internet, I mean, it's kind of like being Neil Armstrong and going to the moon. And I'm sure that's exactly how she would describe herself, an astronaut. But in all seriousness, Angela has done so much amazing stuff. She took her YouTube fame and she toured the world. She found herself on the set of Friends first, and uh, then she wrote a memoir. She released multiple hit comedy specials. She is what I like to call freaking awesome. So with that said, I say we just bring her on so she can tell us about it. All of it. Her life on the road as a stand-up comedian. Listeners far and wide, please give a warm welcome to Angela Johnson Reyes. Bubble and squeak, I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. Hi, Angela. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. I am. Uh, I got some sleep last night. I've been having insomnia. So last night I actually got some sleep. Well, I have to say congratulations. I understand what there's a bun in the oven. Is that do you still say that? Yeah, I mean, I am with child bun in the oven. Congratulations on that. I want to I want to get into that a little bit later. We're going to go we're going to go really deep here and a little bit existential okay. later on. Um but I I have to mention do you know we have a really good mutual friend? Who? Mr. Mal Hall. No way. Yes, he is a a very good friend of ours. In fact, uh my wife used to uh hear his earliest joke pitches in college before he was a stand-up comedian. Oh my God. I love that. That is so special. I, I have a few friends that they'll remind me that I used to practice my jokes in front of like in the living room, in front of the fireplace, like I'm a kid doing a show for their parents. And I would full on practice like my early jokes. And be like, okay, you guys have five minutes at um, buzz cafe let me just do this for you really quick and like practicing for them before I go do my five minutes. Were you, were, were they supportive? Oh my God. So supportive. And it's funny because I have friends that, you know, just so supportive from the beginning. And I have two friends who particularly, I remember one time I was thinking, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to beatbox in my act because I could beatbox a little bit. And I, I remember being in the backseat of their car and, you know, my two friends driving in the passenger. I was like, you, tell me if you guys think I should beat by, I start beatboxing for them. And they were both like, no, do not. <laughs> but then did you anyway? I did. And yes. that's one of my like most quoted jokes that people always will like quote me or they try to do the beatbox with me when they see me in a meet and greet or something. And I'm like, that's funny. I wonder if that's what my friends heard when I. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. Well, I want to go back. And I mean, I guess the central question I should ask you is you wrote a book. 
who do I think I am talking about growing up there in San Jose caught between two worlds. Talk to me a little bit about that. You growing up. So I am Mexican and American and I grew up wishing I was more Mexican than I felt that I was like, we didn't speak Spanish growing up. We didn't live like in the hood and I wanted to live in the hood. Like I wanted there to be low riders in my neighborhood. I wanted there to be cars just primered up on blocks sitting on the grass. Like, you know what I mean? Like I wanted there full on to be just stray dogs roaming around. (laughs) That's, that's where I wanted to live. And um, we lived in a nice little middle-class neighborhood. It was very diverse. We had everybody like Portuguese, you know, a few Latinos. It was mostly like older white people, but we had like Mexican Indians. Like we had a lot of different people. It was very diverse. And I wanted to be like this tough chola chick. You know what I mean? Right. And I was not that, but I tried real hard. And my last name was Johnson. And I always wished it, wished it was like Rodriguez or Sanchez or like something with an is. Like, just give me an is at the end. Like, that's all I wanted. And so that's why I felt like I wanted this thing that I felt that I wasn't. But it's really, how can you be something more that you already are? You just in, innately are. I, I am Latina. That's just who I am in my blood. I just look different. I'm just a different version of Latina. And it took me years and years to get to that realization. But I struggled with that growing up. Did your parents speak Spanish? No. Oh, so no one spoke Spanish. Just my grandma. Because my grandma, uh, we're fourth, I'm fourth generation uh, Mexican-American. So when my grandma was speaking Spanish, she didn't want her kids to get made fun of, to get punished for speaking Spanish. So she made them all speak English. So my mom is a sibling of eight kids and she's the youngest of eight. So the young kids don't speak Spanish, but the older kids do. Okay. The older ones, they still... My my Nina, she's in her 80s. She speaks Spanish. But my mom, who's the youngest, and she's like 60, she does not speak Spanish. Okay. So this, I mean, we're going to get, we're really going to get into this later, I promise. But so your early work, mm-hmm. where you speak a lot about your family growing up, that's all fictionalized. Fake. It's me trying to be who I thought people wanted me to be. And I remember- I would go on stage and I would think to myself, like, I'm at this point, I'm new to the game. I just started doing stand up and I'm just trying to be funny. And I'm like, I know how to do an accent. I'm real good at accents. Yes. Just do a Spanish accent. I'll pretend this is my mom and this is my dad. And, you know, and so I portray them that way, but they did not speak Spanish. And it wasn't until probably my second hour special, which was, I had already been doing stand-up for maybe like five years that I really started to just own who I was and tell more stories from an authentic place. And like, instead of pretending that my parents speak Spanish and they're this person that I think people want them to be because they expect that from a Latina, let me just be honest about who they are and who I am and make fun of that and, and talk about my insecurity within that. So when I started talking about, I don't speak Spanish, you guys, and all the insecurities around it, 
I felt like I was more relatable because you can tell that I was coming from an authentic place and I wasn't just trying to, but um, here's a funny joke. And that's what I was doing in the beginning. I was like, let me just get as many of these little hits that I can in there. And then I started getting comfortable with myself and then telling people who I really was. Well, it's interesting though, that your name is, which you make fun of, Mm -hmm. uh, and you just referenced it before Johnson, Yeah, like that you made a decision. Now, was this based on the way you look or that you thought you looked that you, you needed to reference that because like no one is going to put you in that pigeonhole yet. You chose in a way to put yourself there. Does that make sense? I don't know what I'm saying. No. So I, I, like I said, I always wanted to be super Latina. So I just, okay. Okay. I knew that even though my name on paper was Angela Johnson, I know once I walk on stage, I have brown hair, I have brown eyes. I have these like super thin 1990s eyebrows that I didn't recover from. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> I know what I look like. And I also know my stories that I'm, I'm going to tell. Right. And I'm still Mexican. I still have stories of like, oh, my big, huge family. Like there's my grandma's got eight kids. She was a sibling of 25. Like I still have like my Mexican roots. So I'm still going to be talking about that. I would just put extra on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your first performing, as I understand, was as a uh, Pop Warner cheerleader. Yeah. Now you still like to dance. I mean, this dancing is seems very much a part of you both publicly and privately based on what I've seen. What made you want to do that? Was that something that all of your friends did or was there something specifically that drew you to, to being a cheerleader early on? My sister and my older cousins were all cheerleaders. And when I first started cheerleading, I was eight years old. I had no rhythm. Like I couldn't step clap at all. Like it was embarrassing, (laughs) but I, I had rhythm inside of me. I think I just didn't know how to do choreography. I didn't know how to like, how do you do step and a clap at the same, like I couldn't do it. Um, And, but I wanted to be like my sister and my cousins. And so that's how it all started. And then I went from Pop Warner all the way up to college all-stars to professionally for the Oakland Raiders. And yeah. And then even when I moved to LA, that's how I started. Like it was like, get in where you fit in, you know, like, I didn't have a resume to go audition for acting parts, but I did have a resume for dance just because of the Oakland Raiders. And so I would use my Oakland Raider at headshot and I would submit it to dance agencies. And that immediately just got me in right away because they were like, Oh, she's a trained dancer. She was a professional, but I'm not a trained dancer. I just, I, I I faked it. And I got on the squad is what it was. (laughs) And they just saw my headshot. They're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We'll take her. And so I would go to these dance auditions and a lot of times I was, again, just trying to fake it till I make it, but I ended up booking like, uh, an ice cream commercial because they needed dancers. And so my dance agent would send me out on this audition for, you know, dryers ice cream because we're doing like five, eight counts. We jump off off the couch and we just do a quick five, six, seven, and eight. And that's it. I'm like, I can do that. (laughs) So then I started booking like little acting roles as a dancer. Okay. You try out, you get it. You are rookie of the year 
of the Raiderettes and the Raiders go to the Super Bowl, this is a hell of a year for you. I mean, was this, did you love this? Was this a dream come true? I mean, you you left after one year, so I guess it, it you didn't see it as a full time <laughs> career. But no, I when I first auditioned for the Raiderettes, it was really because I wanted to be an actress, and I didn't know how to be an actress. I lived in San Jose, but I did have a friend who was from San Jose. She moved to L.A. And she started acting and she was in a Ross commercial. She was in an NSYNC music video. And I was like, oh my God, I know somebody famous. Like, <laughs> hey. And I remember telling her one day, like, hey, I would love to do what you're doing. And she was like, all right, well, if you ever move to LA, I'll help you. I'll help you get started. And I was like, whoa, like now this like far-fetched fantasy actually looks like an attainable dream that I can actually go for. Cause before that I knew nothing like I was, this is early in internet days, like dial up AOL days. And I remember I would go online and I was trying to find like, how do you make a resume for acting? And I, on my first resume, I just put like random things on there that I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I put like all my accents that I do. I put like uh, in an acting class, if I even read like two lines of a play just in class, I was like, I was in this play. I did this. Right, right. <laughs> and all these lies. I remember my resume was in purple ink and it was, there was no format to my resume. I just like put things places. <laughs> in my and I remember I printed it out and I looked up like, okay, where's a talent agency in San Francisco? Cause I was from San Jose and I mailed off my purple oh my God. resume and mailed it to anybody who I could find. And of course nobody calls me back. Like they were like, oh my gosh, this special needs person. <laughs> she is adorable. Somebody should really, really just bless her. And nobody calls me. And then, so my friend tells me this, that she'd help me if I moved out there. And I was like, whoa, okay, that would be awesome. But that requires me leaving my mom's house because at this point I've only lived with my mom in my room my whole life. And this means moving to Hollywood. And I'm like, whoa, that's like big girl stuff. And around the same time, I had another friend who was a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders. And she was like, you should come try out. And I was like, well, it's not my jam. But then I was like, you know what? I prayed about it. And I was like, God, what do I do with my life? Like, I'm, I'm at this point, like 20 years old. And I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I want to be an actress. I don't know how to be an actress. And by the end of this conversation that I had with God, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go try out for the Oakland Raiders. And if I make the squad, I'm going to do it for one year and I'm going to use this as my sign to pursue the entertainment industry. And if I don't make the squad, then I'm going to use this as my sign that the entertainment industry is not for me. And then I'm just going to block it out of my mind and tuck it away in my heart and just be like, well, that was just a little fantasy that I had. And I'm going to go be a massage therapist because that's the only other thing that I'm good at. And I end up going to the audition. I make the squad as soon as they call my number that I made it my first thought was, oh my God, I'm going to be an actress. Like it was not even about the Raiders at that point. It was just really? about acting. Yeah. So I did it that one year and came home from the Super Bowl 
packed up my bags and drove to LA and started from the ground up as an extra. Now, what was it? What was it about being an actor? Why did you think that's what you wanted to do? So I would go to the movies and I would be sitting there mad that I wasn't in it. Like, I remember, again, I wanted to be a chola real bad. I remember going to the movie theater and watching Training Day. Okay. And, you know, there's a lot of gangsters in that movie. Good movie. There would be scenes where there's like these cholos or in this neighborhood and there's all the extras in the background. And I remember seeing these cholas and I was like, I could do that. I, I can totally stand by that car. I just don't know where that car is parked. Somebody needs to tell me how to stand by that car. Like I would just see these movies and I'd be like, I can do that. Like, right. I don't know how to get in it, but I know I could do it. And then there wasn't a lot of Latinos on TV and movies that you could like, just look on the screen and be like, see, she's doing it. I can do it. So my person that I saw in movies that I was like, mm-hmm, I could do that with Sandra Bullock because she looked like me, like she's fair skinned, but she had brown hair and she was like the closest to Latina that I could find. And so I'd watch her in speed. And I remember I had it on VHS tape and I would just watch it every single day. That was my favorite movie, like all summer long. And we would just watch speed all the time. And I would just look to Sandra Bullock and be like, yeah, I can do that. And it was just, I didn't know how. It was so far. I was like, I might as well say I want to be a princess. That's how far-fetched it was. It was like, how do you even do this? I don't even know how to do this, but I know I could. Early on, I understand, was it in high school, you played uh, a chocoholic from London with the accent. This is my question. I want you to tell me that it's just a God-given gift because I don't have it. If I have to do an accent, I need months with a special linguistic trainer. Where, <laughs> where did you, where did you, where did you get that? Was that just something you were born with? I think it's definitely something I was born with, but also oh, I, I do need, there's a few accents that I got. I could do this, this, and this. The second you ask me to do this other accent for the love of God, like there's something about the Australian accent that I cannot do, it always turns into something else. Like I'll start, and one of my closest friends is from Australia and I hear her talk all the time and I I can't do it. And I, I start, like I can copy what she says and the next thing you know, I'm, I'm from London all of a sudden. And she's right. like, no, now you're British. And I'm like, damn it. And then I'll, I'll try it again. And she'll be like, no, you're New Zealand. Now you're, and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's like, there's certain accents that I really have a hard time with for some reason, but I just have an ear for sounds. And so like, I like to sing because I can copy what I hear, but I can't harmonize because harmonize means that this girl's doing a note and this girl's doing a different note, and then I'm supposed to do a different note. And I'm like, this is not going to happen because I'm going to do whatever you guys are doing. <laughs> that's what I do. I just copy what I hear.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch, we're still America's number one choice for smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. It could be because Zen is made with only six simple ingredients, including naturally derived nicotine salt. Or maybe it's because Zinn is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day trial. For anyone worried Zinn won't cut it like traditional tobacco, just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zinn. Find your Zinn online or in a store near you at zinn.com find. That's zyn.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. You start in Los Angeles, you move, your friend is helping you, and fairly quickly you get to do that thing, which is stand by a car, and you're on Friends, is this right, as a regular extra for a couple of seasons? Yes. I don't remember you, but I believe you were there. Listen, I people will screenshot me and tag me on <laughs> you know, social media sometimes. They'll be like, is this you? And I'm like, yeah, girl, believe it. <laughs> and my hair was so long. It was like down to my waist. Like and I was like young and vibrant. But yes, I remember I thought I had made it. I was like, this is it. I'm here living in my dreams. And even the story of how that happened, I remember going to central casting where, yeah. you know, they cast all the extras for TV shows and movies. And my friend who said she was going to help me get started, she kept her word and she told me exactly what to do. She was like, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to central casting. There's going to be a line of people waiting out the door, but don't wait in line. I want you to come with a tray of cookies and your Raider at headshot. And I want you to just go to the front window and ask for Sam and then give him your headshot and the cookies. Tell him you're new to town and you want to be an extra. 
And I was like, this sounds real sleazy. (laughs) It's just, I don't know what cookies mean in Hollywood, but (laughs) you listen. And so I show up to central casting and sure enough, there's a line of people outside waiting to sign up to be an extra on TV. And I'm like passing all these people with my sleazy cookies. And I'm like, they know exactly what I'm doing. And this is probably like, I don't know, a month after the Super Bowl. This is after the Raiders were just in the Super Bowl. Right. I show up and I'm waiting for this guy, Sam. He comes walking out from the back offices and he's wearing a Raiders hat. And I was like, oh my God, no way. <laughs> and he's like, hey, what's up? And I, I give him the cookies and my Raiderette headshot. And I was like, this is for you. And he sees my Raiderette headshot and he's like, what? no way like clearly he's just like the biggest Raiders fan we just came off the Super Bowl right like no freaking way Raider oh my gosh whatever and he's like yeah here give me your name and number I'll call you blah 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 whatever so I do that and I leave I don't even sign up and he calls me like two days later and he's like hey do you want to be an extra on Friends and I was like you mean like my favorite show of all time (laughs) yes yes I do want to be an extra on Friends And so he signs me up in the system and I don't know what I'm doing, but he gives me all my instructions, park in this parking lot, walk to this stage, blah, 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 blah. And I remember my first time walking on the Warner Brothers lot and it was just magical. It was like butterflies and just goosebumps and walking by the soundstage. And then, you know, the smell of a soundstage, like it's that paint and wood and there's just something about it. And it's just like all the things are like, this is, wow, this is movies. This is TV. This is, I'm doing it. And I remember walking into the stage at the the big door was open and um, I I just walk right in and you see like, here's the guy's apartment. Here's the girl's apartment. Here's central perk. And here's, you know, the studio audience where the audience sits. And I just remember walking in and being like a kid in a candy store could not believe I was living my dream. Like I was just here to be an extra, but that was not even what was on. What was on my mind was like, I cannot believe I made it. Like I am here this is wild. And I ended up, um, making friends with the AD who was very funny and I was funny. So we would just make each other laugh. And so he'd be like, okay, I'm going to bring you back tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll come back tomorrow. (laughs) And then he's like, okay, I'll bring you back next week. And next thing you know, I'm an extra for season nine and 10, like a regular, just in the coffee house. And they end up inviting me to their Christmas party. And, I was able to have a conversation with every single one of the cast members without me being that weird extra who's just trying to talk to them, you know? (laughs) It was was just an incredible experience that still until this day, 20 years later, it's my favorite job I've ever had. Wow, that's amazing. Yep. Two things strike me immediately. One, that's the difference between Friends and my show you would never have gotten a job on our show. I mean, Friends was so confident in how beautiful their cast was that a first year out of a Raiders, Raiderette cheerlead, 
You can just sit in the background and be an extra because we are so confident in how beautiful all we are as people. Yeah, they they would you would never have made it in Scranton, Pennsylvania. There is no there's no chance. No chance. And two, so because we had you know, we did ours were warehouse workers. Let's be yeah. clear. Yeah. We had warehouse workers as extras, not other uh, you know, uh customers in the coffee shop. But they were there a lot and kind of became a part. So you felt like you were a part and everybody was kind and good mm-hmm. to you during during your time there. That's so amazing to hear. Absolutely. There was not one diva, not one rude person to each other, to the crew, to the extras. And, you know, being an extra, you see a bunch of different shows and how people communicate. And I remember being on certain shows and watching actors communicate with the director or with camera a or whoever. And they're just like rude and snappy and just, yeah. God, they were never, not one ever was an attitude. It was really incredible that that was my first experience that I got to watch and learn from these classy, talented people. Have you run into any of them since? I have, but, uh, <laughs> of course they don't remember or recognize me, which I would never think that they would. Right. But there was one time in the airport, I ran into one of the creators. Of, okay. This is why I was weird. Um, uh, <laughs> Marta Kaufman, who's one of the creators. Yeah. I remember driving in Hollywood one day and I see her pull into a Seven Eleven. Like I'm at the stoplight and I see oh, her pull no. in and I was like, Oh my God, that's Marta Kaufman. <laughs> So I like pull into 7-Eleven and at this point I'm broke, like have no money, but I was like, I need to talk. I need to like say something. And like, I don't know, like what I thought I was about to like get on whatever new show she was on. And so I walk into 7-Eleven and I'm just like eyeballing her. She's with her child for the love of God. And, um, I am walking in and I'm like, okay, let me just pretend to buy something and get in line behind her. (laughs) Brian, when I tell you, I didn't have money to pretend to buy something. So I just got in line behind her and I go, are you Marta Kaufman? And she goes, I am. And I was like, hi. And I left. (laughs) I had, I froze. I didn't know what to say. I just. Oh God. Have a good day. Uh, It was great. You are Marta Kaufman. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) What a stalker. So wait, I actually, we're going to totally tangentialize here now. Uh, That's not a word. Why (laughs) say, are you when you know it's her? Because this, I've often said, this is the, this is my worst fan interaction. My worst. And I love, I love, love the fans. And that's, that is true. But when someone comes up and says, it's usually this, has anyone ever told you that yeah. you look like, right? <laughs> or, or what you said, are you now, why would you say that? What, what, like, what was it in your brain? You have done a U-turn screeched into yeah. a Seven Eleven parking lot because you knew it's her yet. That was your question. Why was that your question? I think you start doubting everything. You're like, wait, this is her, right? I okay. <laughs> I want her to know that I know that that's her. And there was something about she's not one of the stars of the show, so you don't see her face every week. I saw her face because I was on set. 
Right. So it was like, I need her to know that I know it's her. You're Marta Kaufman, right? Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh. (laughs) So, well, at least I understand a little of the psychology of it now because it's always so perplexing. Yeah. It's always so perplexing. When I get the you look like. Right. I, it depends on what mood I'm in. Me but too. Sometimes I just go, I get that a lot. And, and they'll be like, really? And then every now and then I go, no, it's me. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's the toughest thing, people. It is it because it's like what the person is wanting me to say is, well, yes, that is I, which then just makes me weird. Right. 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 right to say like, yes, that is me. Thank you for recognizing me. That's a weird thing for me to say. It's kind of like us just going, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you Marta Kaufman? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then it just ends. Ooh. Oh, God. That's so good. Um, at this time, you're making jokes with the AD, and he's bringing you back, but you also... Someone encourages you to take a joke writing class mm-hmm. and you start, you start writing jokes. Now, are you thinking at this point, Hmm, stand up or are you just writing jokes? You're, you're, you're taking a writing class. You're trying to develop characters. What, what is that? I've never taken a joke writing class. So at this clearly, point, uh, <laughs> at this point, I did not want to be a stand up comedian. Okay. I've been to one stand-up comedy show at a restaurant and it was an accident. I was just on a date with a guy that I don't even remember who he was. Like it was just like a random, sure, I'll go out with you. And we went to this restaurant and there was like an open mic or something. People were going up on stage. And that was the first time that I had seen live stand-up comedy. And I remember watching that and thinking, oh, I bet you I could turn my little nail salon character into a joke because at this point it was a it was a character that I would do for all my friends and family I could do the accent I would get into character and I knew I I could do that but that was it I had never wanted to be a stand-up then I'm at this church and I get very involved in the church and you know on Sunday mornings I'm doing like the the welcome team where people walk in the door and I'm like hey welcome everybody and then on Tuesday nights, they would do their creative arts night. They were aware that everybody at their church was in the entertainment industry somehow. So on Tuesday nights, they would have an acting class, a dance class, a production class. We want to learn about production, whatever aspect of the entertainment industry you wanted to be in, they had a class. So I'm in the acting class. We would do improv games and I would be funny in the improv games. I've never taken improv classes before. I would just be funny. I was, I was quick witted. I get it from my dad. My dad is quick. So I was quick and, but I didn't know like rules of improv. And so that's what they were teaching us, uh, you know, yes. And the rule of three, like all the things. And, um, there was a woman in the class who did stand up comedy and she was like, Hey, I'm going to be teaching a joke writing stand up comedy class. Do you want to come take my class? And I was like, I don't know. Is it free? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I guess I had no desire to be a comedian. And I told her, I was like, you know, I do this nail salon character. I think I can make that into a joke. And she was like, nail salon jokes are so hacky. Like everybody has a nail salon joke. Just steer clear of nail salon jokes. 
And I was like, mm, but I don't know if people do it like me though. So I think I'll just do it anyway. And I did. And I, that was one of the first jokes that I Crazy. wrote in this free stand up comedy class on Tuesday nights at a church. It, it, the joke evolved over time, like, but the, the skeleton of it, the structure of it, this was the beginning of that joke. And, um, that, yeah, it ended up being what put me on the map. That's crazy. Uh, I was just listening to it again this morning and well, what do you think the joke is about? I mean, it's, I mean, to me, like, it's like the central humor is about being intimidated or constantly getting upsold, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. This is the story of how I got got, I got got by the nail salon. They just really, I was planning on spending $20 when I walked in and I left paying 80. How did you do that? (laughs) Were you one of the first to be internet famous? I think so. My video was definitely the first comedy video to go viral. It was right around the time when like Justin Bieber blew up from YouTube. So music. Yeah. Yeah. So I was definitely in this comedy world. Now, Myself and Justin Bieber went on to live very different levels of lives. <laughs> well, we both started on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that viral success helped you to get Mad TV? Oh, 100%. I would have never. What happened was I did a set at the Ice House in Pasadena. And there was a company there. They were going to be videotaping your set. And if you come do 10 minutes, they'll give you 25 bucks. And I was like, hell yeah, I need gas. I need groceries. This 25 bucks is going to take me a long way because I'm broke at this time. Wait, they would give you $25 for them to film you. Right. So it wasn't the ice house. It was a separate company that was coming in. They were doing a special night during flip phone era. Yes. They were like, we're going to videotape your set and we're going to upload it to Verizon cell phones. And for $1.99, people can download comedy clips on your little flip phone. So this is, this is before YouTube. So I was like, hell yeah. So I go and I sign my life away and they give me my $25 and I do my 10 minutes of jokes. I really, at this point, all I had was like 12 minutes tops. Like that's all I had. And so I do my whole set and um, they videotape it. And the next thing you know, like within months, this brand new thing called YouTube comes out. And they put it on YouTube? They put it on YouTube. So instead of doing comedy clips where people have to pay, who's going to pay when you can watch free things on YouTube? And all of a sudden... I started getting, um, this MySpace days, I started getting messages on MySpace, emails from family members and friends, text message from family members and friends that were like, hey, um, there's this email going around at work. And my cousin at the time worked for like a bank. And she was like, there's an email going around, everybody's sending it to each other of this video. And, and it was of you. But they didn't even know that I knew you. They just sent it to me. And that was the the phone call that I was getting from people. Like, my work is sending this video of you. And I was like, how do they know Ange? Like, what's happening? And I was like, I don't know. Like, what video are you talking about? 
and it's this nail salon clip and it starts blowing up. Then my MySpace page starts blowing up people from all over the world. Hey, when are you coming to Australia? When are you coming to the Philippines? When are you coming to, you know, Boise, Idaho? When are you coming? Fill in the blank. And I was like, oh my God, I only have like 12 minutes of material. I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and going, I was so overwhelmed. I was getting thousands of messages a day from all over the world on MySpace. I didn't know how to be famous. Nobody teaches you. There's no course. So what I was doing was I was replying to every person who messaged me because I didn't know that you don't have to reply to every person. So I was spending hours on MySpace being like, thank you so much for watching my video. Thank you so much for watching my video. Then I was like, ooh, I'm going to be smart. Copy paste. Copy paste. (laughs) And then I remember this one girl replying and being like, is this a robot? You already sent this to me. And I was like, oh, I'm getting repeat fans. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know how to be famous. My bad. Um, This is really overwhelming. And um, I didn't have an agent. Nobody knew how to get a hold of me in Hollywood, but everyone was seeing this video. Um, but nobody knew how to get a hold of me. So they were sending their assistant to MySpace to come find me and leave me a message. So then I started getting messages that were like, hey, I'm the assistant to so and so at Fox, at CBS, at ABC, at, like everybody was messaging me. They want to have a meeting with you. Hey, they want you to come and read for this pilot. Hey, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh my gosh. I had to buy a calendar. I didn't, this is like, I went to Staples and I bought a calendar and some pens. And I was like, I had meetings that I was going to. And I remember being in, you know, the office at the CW network. And I'm just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no guidance at this point of like an agent telling me like, okay, this is how you handle a cold read. Right. And I was just like, sitting there and they're like, okay, we have this pilot that we're thinking of for you. Can you read these lines? And I'm like, okay, sure. You know? And I'm like, no idea what I'm doing. And it just starts blowing up my spot. And so from that, I end up getting an agent. I get a new manager. I get auditions. And one of those auditions was for Mad TV. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere. Anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. getting an agent. I get a new manager. I get auditions. And one of those auditions was for Mad TV. My agents had sent the casting director my nail salon video. And they were like, great, come audition for Mad TV. We need you to come in with three original characters and three celebrity impressions. I didn't have characters. I never went to Groundlings or Second City. I didn't have characters. I had my jokes that I wrote in a free joke writing class at church. Oh my God. So I was like, you know what? I can take my stories that I tell and I tell a story about my grandma. I tell a story about my grandpa. I'll just pad them up a little bit and I'll act him out a little bit. And instead of being my grandpa, I'll make it my grandma. And I'll say, Hey, this is my grandma, blah, blah, blah. I did this bone quickly character who she wanted to be a rapper. So I was like, okay, this is my sister. She wants to be a rapper. And then I did my Bonquiqui character. And so I was basically taking my characters from my stories that I tell in my stand-up class and just kind of giving them a little extra mannerism, a little extra something. And I would just act them out for the casting directors. And they were like, okay, we need three celebrity impressions. I have never done an impression in my life. Right. I didn't know how to do celebrity impressions. But this brand new thing called YouTube... <laughs> lots of videos of different celebrities on there. So what I did was, I'm like, okay, let me see. Who's famous Latina? Okay, I'll do Jennifer Lopez, right. Roslyn Sanchez, and Paula Abdul. And this is when Paula Abdul was on American Idol. American Idol was, okay. Yeah. And so she was a little intoxicated. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. So yeah. I, I just did my drunk Paula clap, you know? Right. And I watched videos of Jennifer Lopez on the red carpet. And I noticed that in a lot of her videos, she had the same wave. She waved like this, open close. It was not a finger wave. It was not this. It was an open close wave. So I was like, okay, she does a wave. That's a thing. Okay. And then her laugh, her laugh was very like high pitched and nasally and like from the back. And so I was like copying her laugh. And so there was one interview that she did 
where um, the guy tells her, you know, this is for a station in Philly. And she just looks in the camera and she goes, hi, Philly. And then she laughs. And so I just got that sentence down. And I remember being in the room. I said, this is Jennifer Lopez on the red carpet. Every question that the casting director would ask me, my answer was, hi, Philly. And I would wave and I would laugh. And that was it. And they thought it was genius. Like, all Jennifer Lopez does is just wait and go, hi, Philly. <laughs> and they were like, oh my God, genius. But really, that's all that I could do of Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Okay. But hold on a second because, you know, I had a conversation with Kevin Pollack. Kevin Pollack is an amazing impressionist, stand up comedian for a gajillion years. And you know what? You're doing the same thing that he talked to me about, which is finding a hook. You may not have even known what it was at right. the time, right? but you had the instincts to, to go like, what is the hook? What is the one thing? The yeah. drunk clap. Like you were finding that hook from so early on. I'm impressed by that. And two, I'm impressed that I did not know that Bon Qui Qui, this was a, this was a creation of yours before Mad TV. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wild. Crazy. Um, let me ask you this. I saw on YouTube today, it, it says Angela Johnson, American actress. And so it made me wonder, well, are you an actress or are you a comedian? I, where did it say that? That's so funny. Um, <laughs> I consider myself an actress and a comedian. Okay. That's interesting to hear you say, because now, especially in the age of social media, when people are famous on TikTok for being funny, but they're not comedians. They're like, uh, they're a married couple from Wisconsin who do funny videos and challenges and they make people laugh and they have like millions of followers. And if they ever are interviewed, like here's comedian so-and-so, but really this is a, a, a dad from Wisconsin. Right. But then what do you call them? Because they're still being funny and they're still entertaining people. Is Do we need to come up with a new word? Like, Is that an influencer? So, but you could be an influencer who just does makeup. You know okay, what I mean? Like she's not funny. She just does makeup tutorials and she has millions of followers. But so when I hear comedian, I do think of people doing stand-up. But I'm aware that now the term is so broad when they're introducing, this is comedian so-and-so. And I'll be like, oh, they do funny videos is what they do. But they're still being mm -hmm. funny. I don't discredit the fact that they're being funny. I just know that they don't actually do stand up. So maybe it's we're just stand up comedians. Like a comedian is so general, but I'm a stand up comedian. I don't know. Right. I mean, so what you're saying is if you consider me funny, then I can be considered a comedian because that that is someone who makes someone laugh. But I think it's about the approach. And and in some ways how you define yourself, which is why I asked you the question, like for me, my intention generally is not about, I was going to say is not about making people laugh. That's a lie. I do try to make people laugh, but my whole basis is about creating characters and the comedy comes from behavior as opposed to jokes. I think. Yeah, totally. And it could come down to stories. It could come down to a facial expression. It could come down to whatever that is. I know there there have been times where I've seen 
like earlier on, there's a talk show and they're like, please welcome comedian so-and-so. And I'd be like, she's not a comedian. <laughs> she's an actress who's very successful, yes, but ensure she's done some funny roles, but <laughs> right, a comedian. But I mean, at this point, I just worry about me and I do me. So you don't define it. I honestly, I'm a comedian and an actress. And then okay. if my managers and agents get involved, then it's my whole resume comes in. She's an author. She's an actor. <laughs> right. She's all the things. <laughs> yes. And, no, that's yeah. true. But no, I just say I'm an actress and a comedian. And okay. also, it also depends who I'm talking to and what mood I'm in. So if I'm on an airplane, I say I'm in the entertainment industry. And I keep it. That's what I say too. And yeah. just like that. And then if they're like, pry a little bit more, then I say actress. And they'll go, oh, have I seen you in anything? And I can name a couple little things and be on my, my way. But the second I say I'm a comedian, whoa, it's like mind blowing. And now they have all the questions. Right. Comedian. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a conversation. So <laughs> the only time I really respond with that is if I got time and I'm like, you know, I'm in the mood to chat. Sure. I'll say comedian and answer all the questions. Um, but a lot of times I'll stick to as vague as I can and I'll say actress and I'll name a couple of things that I did and they'll be impressed and they'll go, oh, wow, that's very cool. And then I'll be like, what do you do? Tell me about accounting. Tell me those <laughs> things. We talked very early on about your fictionalizing your parents and talking about your family. I feel like you have chosen to be at least outwardly very personal and connecting with your fans. You're bringing your fans into your life with your husband about the birth of your child and see that is something that I don't do. And so I, is that the difference between someone who's a comedian and, or an actor? Now, certainly there are actors who do that, but for me, if I am going to play a role I believe it serves me to be as anonymous as possible mm -hmm. in my personal life. Uh -huh. You've chosen the other way. And I, and I, I wonder why, and if that has to do with your connection to fans through, through your, your standup comedy. I think it's definitely that my role as a standup comedian, my, my goal is not necessarily just to make people laugh, but it's to connect with people on a human level. And so when I'm writing jokes, it's, is this funny, but also is it relatable? And am I, I going to connect with people? And so a lot of times I'll talk about my husband. I'll talk about my sister. I'll talk about my dog and things that my dog does because I know this is very human. You may not have a husband, but you have a relationship in your life, be it a coworker, be it your next door neighbor. You have a relationship with someone that is a human connection that you can see some of yourself in me in what I'm saying. And so I do that on standup. And then in my social media, I feel like it's a way to make my stories tangible and give a, a, a picture to what I'm saying. Kind of like when you watch a movie and it says based on a true story, 
And then at the end of the movie, they say, here's the real guy who mm -hmm. invented this. And it's like, you see who the real person is. You see, this is his wife. You see, this is a picture of him in his real office where he created this thing. And it does something that connects the story that you just heard to like a real person. So I feel like with social media, when I am so uh, generous with my family and friends and I show people, um, I like to invite people into my world. But again, with what I'm comfortable doing, like I, I wouldn't do a reality show where there's a producer deciding what of my life gets shown to the world. Right. But I will do my Instagram stories where I'm comfortable showing you this is me and my husband and my dog and they're asleep, but I'm awake at four in the morning because I have insomnia. And this is my husband sleeping, like choking me with his hand over here. And like, and immediately in that, I have people replying to me like, oh my God, my husband sleeps the same way. He's always whatever. And so I'm connecting on a different level and I'm connecting. And then when people come to my shows, they're like, they feel a part of my life and what I'm doing. Makes total sense. Because you're playing a version of yourself in front of thousands right. of people. Yeah. And so enabling them in a way to validate that truth. Basically, you're showing things that support the version of the story that you're telling yeah. or the, the, the character that you're creating of yourself. Because obviously, there are things that happen that you don't show. Absolutely. And there Absolutely. are things that happen that you don't show maybe because they don't validate the story I'm that you're telling. And Instagram is the highlight reel. So I'm not going to show you guys an argument with me and my husband, but I will talk about it on stage. I'll talk about this is how my husband argues. He likes to ask a lot of questions. Now, I'm not going to show you that argument on Instagram, <laughs> but I'm obviously not going to pull out my camera when we're in like the heat of like a passionate argument and then be like, tag at Manuel Reyes. <laughs> 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 um, which character that you created had the greatest impact on your career? The nail salon. They both blew up and were crazy. But um, the nail salon, if you are going to go get your nails done and you Google nail salon, you're going to see the new nail salon in your neighborhood, but my video is also going to pop up. And it's something that's generationally stuck around because that joke is 16 years old. And now with every new social media app that comes up, there's a new version of my joke that goes out. Like I'll be out somewhere and it depends on what, what is hot right now. So people will be like, oh my gosh, I saw your video on YouTube for years. And then it's now, oh my gosh, you're a TikToker, right? Right. But they know me from my stand-up comedy. They saw my special that I did for Comedy Central in 2009 that they saw on TikTok. Yeah, that's that's crazy. This just happened to me that you, you, and it was probably about 2009. I don't know what I just got sent three times in one day and in the airport this weekend someone referenced it to me that they saw me do the like lady and gentlemen start your engines at a NASCAR event that I did 10 years ago, uh huh. but it was a TikTok thing. They sent me the TikTok. And it's the same thing with, um, hate mail too. So like some people will send me when they're very upset about something that I said, uh, my second hour special, I talk about my honeymoon and I went to St. Lucia 
And the whole story about it was I was comparing it to going on a missions trip. And there were some St. Lucians that were real upset with that joke. Now, when the joke first came out, nobody cared. Nobody said anything. All of a sudden, like five years later, (laughs) I get just a slew of hate messages from St. Lucians pissed. And I was like, whoa, this special came out like five years ago. What happened? So I'm like, okay, either my special just got released in St. Lucia, like they got it late, you know what I mean, right. on some right. streamer. There's some third party involved that all of a sudden put this joke back on the map for this particular group of people. So I'll notice that as well. Like all of a sudden this one joke that I did that people are very upset about me talking about uh, an experience that I had in London and then I get people very upset about it. I was like, okay, this definitely came out 10 years ago, but somebody must, uh, or now it's um, an Instagram or a TikTok account that has like, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. They just so happened to post it and all of their fans saw it. So they're the ones messaging me now. Crazy. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch, we're still America's number one choice for smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. It could be because Zen is made with only six simple ingredients, including naturally derived nicotine salt. Or maybe it's because Zinn is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day trial. For anyone worried Zinn won't cut it like traditional tobacco, just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zinn. Find your Zinn online or in a store near you at zinn.com slash find. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
I saw a video you posted recently where you talked about the grind of being on the road and the time you took during COVID shutdown to enjoy your house and enjoy the things and settle back a little bit. Do you feel like you're now finding balance and taking some time for yourself and your family? Um, I definitely feel like this year I am going to do that now that I'm having a child. 2021, I went very light in the year. 2022 was my busiest year I've ever had in my life. However, I was um, more balanced about my health and um, I came in a little more refreshed having taken that year off to realign with what do I really want to do? Saying yes to the things that I really want and saying no to the things that don't matter to me. But 2022 was an insane year for me. I, I filmed two hour specials. Um, I launched a huge tour. I released my book, but by the end of the year, my husband and I, we had a conversation and he's like, I noticed that you aren't as depleted as you normally are. Typically by the end of the year, I'm just done. I'm like, this is too much. And I'm complaining about everything. I'm like, why do I do this? Why do I say yes to this? Why do I say yes to that? And this past year was the first year that by the end of it, he was like, I've never seen you have this much energy and joy at the end of a year. You were still okay. It, it didn't kill you. And I think that has a lot to do with the the boundaries that I gave myself about saying yes to things that matter and things that don't, like seeing it like a garden, you know, and every, all of us, whatever industry we're in, we have this garden, right? And there's all these things, some are thriving and some are not thriving. And then you got weeds growing everywhere. And because it's this hustle mentality of like, oh, everybody's doing a podcast. I got to do a podcast. Everybody has a YouTube channel. I got to do channel. Oh, TikTok. That's what we're doing now. Okay. Let me get out. How do we do TikTok? What buttons do you press? Like all okay. the things, all these things. And you start like planting stuff in your garden. And next thing you know, it's just like a whole mess, right? And so I feel like 2020 was the year where I took my hands off the garden and I let things wither away and things die that were not meant for me in my garden. And whatever was left that was still thriving, that still had life, I was like, okay, that's for me. That's where I'm meant to grow and bloom. So I start feeding, investing in those. Everything else was like, that's not for me. So I feel like when I drew boundaries for myself, yes, 2022 was the busiest year that I ever had, but I was busy doing things that were meant for me. That's really smart. Really smart. I'm glad that you're, you found that. Do you interact with a lot of fans after your show? Sometimes I do meet and greet. I used to come out and meet everybody, but then that's another thing that would just deplete me because that's like a show after a show. You know, I saw, I saw one of your videos where you were meeting people and that's why I asked, because to me, that personal interaction after a show, um, as nice as it is at time, that is the thing that exhausts me the most. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because it's a show after a show, but also you don't know what you're going to get from people. And then it's people energetically taking your energy from you. And, and then a lot of times it's robot, like you get in robot mode, but even that is exhausting when we should be resting before we go out for our second show of the night, you know? Um, so now I, when I do a meet and greet, it's very small group. I can take my time with each person and they're not rushed like cheese, bye, cheese, bye. 
and um, it's before the show. So I have a little bit more energy and that's it. And then sometimes I don't do meet and greet as when I've been pregnant, I stopped doing meet and greets just cause I'm trying to like stay healthy and not right. have like just super close interactions with people. So it's different. Every situation is different for me. I love meeting people and hearing their stories. Mm-hmm. And also I, I feel like I listen to God in these interactions with people because they're not just a fan that came to tell you that you're funny and, and they like you. Um, they're a human being who has their own life. Yes. Their own trauma, their own situation they're dealing with. Somebody's in the hospital. Somebody's going through a divorce. Some, something's going on in their lives. So I feel like I feel in my heart that I need to say something more to this person. And whether it's just, oh my gosh, I love your sweater. It's so pretty. That color looks really good on you. Even if it's just that, if I think it in my head, that's a pretty color on her. I'll say it because words are powerful. And it does something that I have no idea, but I'm just trying to listen to my spirit and say what I hear. And there's been times where like, I'll have a couple come through the line and I'll say to a guy, I'll be like, you're a good dad. You're a good dad, huh? And the mom, the the wife will be like, he is a good dad. And I'd be like, I can feel it. Just like the way you're talking to me, like in your voice, like, I feel like you're a good dad. And it's just a simple sentence. That's something that is doing something in him, in her, that I have no idea. I just planted the seed and let it go. So I I love doing meet and greets for that. That's awesome. No, I I really like, and I I feel very much the same way, but I know, you know, you're doing a couple of shows a night often, you're on the road. It's got to be difficult. But so I hope one, that you take care of yourself, especially now. Other times, who cares? But yeah. <laughs> um, but that's awesome. God, I could talk to you forever. We're going to do a lightning round game. Ready? Okay. It's called the Set Memories Game with Angela Johnson. It's the first time we've ever played this game. Here you go. Uh, one reaction from some of the multiple uh, amazing shows that you've been on. Any reaction that you have starting now? Curb your enthusiasm. I was so intimidated by everyone on that cast. I was like, who do I think I am to be here on this set? But they were so welcoming and they played with the, the yes ands, all everything. But I remember being like <gasps> the audacity to walk on the set with these people. I love that. Ugly Betty. Oh, it was my favorite show at the time. I was so honored to be a part of it. And I remember I would, I watched every episode and I loved the show. And when I actually got to be a guest star on the show, it was just like a wild dream come true. Like, no way. I've seen every episode of the show. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Alvin and the Chipmunks. I remember I was very proud of myself because it was one of the first like things that I really like I auditioned for and I booked it. Like I got it, you know, like a real big director and a big movie franchise. And I auditioned just like everybody else. And I booked it. And I remember being very proud of myself. And finally, because this is the whole reason we played the game enough said with James Gandolfini starstruck. And I don't usually get that way. Like I'll, I'll be quiet and I know my place, but if you interact with me, I interact back. 
but with him, I was just like one word answers. <laughs> and I remember him calling me out on it. And he was like, uh, you're a, you're a quiet one. And I was like, I'm actually not like, I'm just being that way with you. And I don't know why. Like, <laughs> And then he started like softening me up. Like he would see me on set and give me a hug. He would call me mama. Hey mama. And like, then I was like able to like interact with him. And I remember he came to my trailer one day with his son and he knocked on my door and he's like, Hey, my son's a big fan. Can you get a picture with you? And I was like, Oh my God, James Gandolfini is coming to me to ask me for a picture. This is wild. And I was like, well, yeah, if I can get one with you, sure. Um, but yeah, that was an incredible experience. Do you like being on set or being on stage in front of people more? Such a tough one. Um, there's no feeling like being on stage saying a joke and having the immediate response of laughter and energy vibrations just shooting back at you. Like there is no feeling like that. But there is also no feeling like walking on a sound stage and that smell, that nostalgic smell of the sound stage and knowing that you get to be a part of like movie magic and that they're, they're so different and both so special in their own way. Yeah. Do you reference the nail salon yes. and or Bonquiqui in all of your shows? I have to. Um, That's what I thought. Now the nail salon has become my thank you to the audience. So at the end of the show, I kind of presented as an encore almost mm -hmm. and I just like, listen, I know there's a joke a lot of you want to hear. And as soon as I say that, it's just eruption. Yeah. And I let them know that this joke put me on the map. And there's sometimes when I go to do this joke that I'm like, oh my God, again, here we go. But then there's times when I go to do this joke that I'm reminded of stories that I've heard over the years from fans about how my comedy has impacted their lives and what this joke now means to them. And for that, I say thank you for riding with me for so long. Here you go. And then I present it to them like that. So it's now kind of like my thank you. I love that. You just wrapped up a big tour. Uh, and you've joined forces on an upcoming prime holiday comedy candy cane lane that's out in the holidays. Yeah, I hear it's coming out this Christmas. They're very uh, motivated to get it done because they're still filming. My part's wrapped already, but they're still filming. And it's supposed to come out this Christmas with Eddie Murphy, Tracy Ellis Ross, some really talented, funny people. And I'm honored that I got to be a part of that. That's awesome congratulations on uh, the pregnancy again and on all your success. I hope you get uh, a chance to rest this year and, uh, and we'll see you at the holidays and I'm sure back on stage. What? September. I'm coming, but I'm a little ambitious. I, I don't know what I'm thinking, but I'm coming back in September already. Good for you. Thank Angela. You. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been a fun, super fun conversation. Oh, and I will say this. Um, I started on YouTube years ago uh, and I just finished filming my sixth one hour special. 
and I'm going to be releasing it on YouTube. So I'm coming back to YouTube where it all started. And back I'm, to YouTube. Yes. And I'm going to release my new hour special on YouTube. When in, is that? In May, on May 14th. You're the first person to know that. I haven't even announced it yet. That I'm- May 14th on YouTube. Let me ask you a question. Does that company that paid you $25 still own the nail lady clip on YouTube? So they do. <gasps> I people think I made, people think I made millions of dollars off of that video. I made not one penny. Not one penny. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. They don't own the joke. No, of I course not. No, but they own that clip. The one that went viral and has the millions and millions of views, that's theirs. They own it. The one that I watched this morning. Yeah. Thank you on their behalf. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, you're going to get it back this, this, uh, this May on YouTube. That's right. Good luck to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Angela, not a penny. Not one penny. Well, I guess things worked out just fine. Thank you so much for coming on today. It was such a pleasure to have you on. And to all of you out there listening, thank you as always, my trusty companions. I'm going to be back next week, same time, same place, with another phenomenal guest. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram, if you haven't already, at OffTheBeat. And, uh... Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for all your support, and we will see you next week. Off the Beat is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Ling Lee. Our senior producer is Diego Tapia. Our producers are Liz Hayes, Hannah Harris, and Emily Carr. Our talent producer is Ryan, Papa Zachary, and our intern is Sammy Katz. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by the one and only Creed Bratton. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.